This episode is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity, the only uh, card... Uh, Flora, huh? they, they asked us not to read an ad. Oh. Enjoy the show! <sighs> oh, what the hell, dude? What the f***, bro? I was... I was dead, but now I'm not. This guy totally stabbed me and then threw me in a lake. I should be totally dead, but I'm not dead, bro. Oh, I must be like immortal or something. That's right. <laughs> Who are you, old man? My name is Juan Sanchez Villalobos Ramirez. And I'm here to teach you the secrets of being immortal. That's like too many names, old man. Listen to me. You'll want to treat your gift with respect and learn how to use it. So wait, you're saying you know that I can't die? That's right. You're an immortal just like me. Whoa. So let's go out and get smashed. We could drink like... What? We could drink like 17 bottles of hooch, then totally bang all these hookers. Wait, can we still get diseases? Wait, yes, you can most definitely get diseases. (laughs) No, because diseases kill you, and if we can't die, then what's the point? No, there are diseases you don't want to live with, son. (laughs) No way, old man. No, listen, listen. No, we're impervious to disease. No, stop. Let Let me teach you here. Teach, teach me what? Uh, how how uh, to handle this gift you've been bestowed? I'm pretty sure it just handles itself. I just won't die, right? No, well, there is Let's a way go cliff to cliff diving wait, right now. No, stop! No. I know some sweet cliffs. Listen, son, there, there is a way to die. Oh, I could kill you, for instance, and what? then I would gain your power because, as immortals, there can be only one. Yeah, but there's like two of us. Wait, are there more than two of us? There are more, many more than two of us. So you just said there can only be one, but nobody can die. So do you understand how this? Well, you can die if you get your head cut. Everybody knows this by now. Wait, somebody's gonna cut my head off? Yes, someone are you is gonna coming cut to cut my head off. Oh, Jesus Christ! Dick move, old man. I'm not going to cut your head off. I'm going to teach you how to keep yours from getting. Listen, right. Rodrigo Sanchez Del Taco. One of them is right. Let's let's team up then, bro. You want, let's let's team up. Oh my God. Let's all oh, let's go fucking fight sharks. Yes, you and me. We'll just tie rocks around our waist and then just like just cut ourselves so we're just bleeding and then sharks will show up and their teeth will be like, oh my teeth are broken because you can't die. What are you even talking about? You need to learn how to fight to protect yourself from the Kurgan. Why do I? The what? The Kurgan. Why do I need to worry about burgers, old man? I can't die. I, I How, are we immortal or not, dude? Because no. if I can't eat burgers, oh, oh, I, you're an immortal, I but you get heart disease. Burgers was never a part of this. I never. I said the Kurgan. The Kurgan. Oh, dude, is that like some giant, awesome, mystical dragon that only can hunt immortals? Oh, shit, is that the only way we can die? What's is wrong if this with dragon you? bites our fucking heads off? I can't believe I, I came to even teach you how to how to use this gift it's not even a gift it's actually a burden oh yeah i'm gonna really be burdened with all the poon i'll be slaying no no see you you'll never want to fall in love because they'll die while you live forever (laughs) who said love old man i'll be too busy banging and bailing banging and bailing stop saying banging and bailing you need to learn how to fight the kragan's not a giant dragon he's a man like, like a giant man, like a fifty foot tall. Like, oh sh! He'll bite my head off with his giant incisors. Uh, I mean, he he's tall, but he's not he's not a giant. So he's just a dude. He's a really bad dude. No, but there's two of us. So why don't we just team up and kill kill the burger? 
You have much to learn. He'll try and separate us. That's why you need to learn how to fight on your own. So, how old are you, old man? Old enough. And stop calling me old man. It makes me feel self-conscious. You just said you're really old, old man. Shut up. I've, I've trained for centuries and honed my mind to, to have this level of patience, and you're just eradicating it in six seconds. Sounds like I'm a better immortal, old man. Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Tell you what, what it's say you and I each drink an entire cask of brandy, then go find some super sweet bees and dip our Ds. Oh, good God. There could be only one. Oh, go out and sleep, Poon. <laughs> A cautionary tale from your friends at Blurry Photos. If you're an immortal, don't be a dick, too. <laughs> Some people should not live forever. Some some people, I it, it immediately makes me wonder how that guy got stabbed in the chest in the first place, and then I already answered the question. Because all the high, all the all the immortals you see in that series are very classy to some degree. Yeah, but yeah, there, there have to be there had to be a couple of just total d bag Highlanders that they call like the low hanging fruit. Like, oh yeah, I, I killed that one when he was fourteen. Didn't didn't shed a tear. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Hello. I am the mortal David Flora. And I'm David the the Kurgenberger Stecko. Oh, I blew it at the beginning. <laughs> Hi, everybody. How's it going? How's it How's it going? Hey, hey. Uh, hey. How you been? I uh, hope everybody's doing okay. We got a good episode. We have a great episode. Welcome to uh, this, the month of May. Uh, not only is it a ton of fun because the weather gets better, there's more biking, which I'm a big fan of. There's more running, which Flora is a big fan of. Yeah, sure I am. Everybody's doing stuff, getting things done, trying not to cry. But most importantly, this uh, this week, how about your first taste of the 2016 Ms. Cryptid Contest? Yeah, yeah, it should be uh, fun this year. We we picked out our cryptids. Yes, we um we had some excellent help uh, from listener Amy. Thank you so much for that. Yep, we we're we're plugging along, man. Yes, yes, we plugging are plugging along. This is what we do. We keep that ball rolling. And this week it is it is rolling. Forever? <laughs> uh, this was a fun mystery that Flora pointed out to me that I'd never even heard of before. Yeah, actually came from an old listener suggestion. This one's been on the books for a while. Oh. And finally getting around to it, and I'm so glad we did because it's real messed up. <laughs> this no, is- it's not messed up, but it's like... It's cool. It's very cool. Like... It, this has how, how come we don't know about this? This guy? is one of those those mysteries that I like the most, where there's something really weird going on, but also a ton of historical evidence in on and around it. Yeah, yeah. There's and a lot of documentation. There's a lot of documentation. There are a lot of of anecdotes, and there's even a, a left turn into hell itself. Yes. It, Who doesn't it, like that? It, as I was going through the the research, everything was going along swimmingly and then all of a sudden i just found myself in like the hall of new age bullshit nice i was like i don't even know how i got here 
most people uh, don't, I think, that find themselves there. But uh, well, this that's, week... That's one of the hallmarks of it. We're talking about the Count of St. Germain. That's right. I uh, thought this would be <laughs> sort of a slam dunk in terms of uh, information to relate, but... When you put it all together, there's quite a bit here, so I think we should just keep on trucking. Absolutely. So, let's get into it. Now, every culture seems to have stories about that one person who was undeniably charming, intelligent, and could seemingly do anything. Much entertainment is made focusing on characters such as this. I think of uh, a a Jason Bourne, or like a Tony Stark, or Rick Sanchez. Who the f*** is Rick Sanchez? Uh, Marty, 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 listen. Oh, God, uh, duh. How dumb am I? That's embarrassing. Never, you never hear his last name. You know? Yeah, it's true. Even like uh, Baron Munchausen, Dorian Gray, like... Yeah. I really struggled with uh, thinking of examples because not that there aren't examples, it's just all the ones I thought of were like action stars. James Bond, Batman, just guys that could do just about anything and, you know, everybody loved them and they were... I don't know, well off and charming, but that's because, um, I mean, let's face it, we can't all do everything and it's fun to live vicariously through a character that does. Right. Yeah. Baron Munchausen is a really great example of that. Like this, these, these high adventurous guys who just traipse from one, like it's it's a Forrest Gumpy kind of thing. Sure. But over more time. Yeah. But what if I told you? There was one such individual who scampered throughout Europe in the 18th century, breaking hearts and lighting farts. <laughs> it's uh, I like both of those things. Certainly not impossible for a true Renaissance man to exist or have existed. Someone who could travel to almost any country and speak the language fluently, write sonatas and play them sans sheet music, paint portraits and entertain royalty. But is it also possible that this man never aged, could work? Alchemical miracles. Never get old, Johnny. You never die. But you must feed. Was involved in several secret societies and might still be alive to this day. Such... His name is Peyton Bob. <laughs> or could could be Library Lana. We haven't heard from Lana in a long time. Well, maybe it's maybe. probably probably all your shit talk of Lulville. It's probably your fault. It's probably your fault. I took the high road, bro. Did you? I could have talked. Did you? Talked plenty of. Did you? It's probably us not getting to her emails. Uh, probably. And, and big princess Velocipoppy. Yeah. Well, we're still, we still miss you, Lana, and, and all your many awesome friends who drink and probably at this point don't listen anymore, but I hope you do. And also, if you're an immortal, you should let us know. Yeah. We'll call you up have you on an episode any immortals out there we got uh traffic on the sevens looking for an immortal if you want to call in we got tickets to see sticks <laughs> well uh all this stuff such is the enigma of le comte de saint germain wow that was a lot of accents uh-huh. variously described as a courtier adventurer charlatan inventor alchemist pianist violinist amateur composer and madman <laughs> among other things he is a figure of history that is not as well known as he perhaps should or would want to be but is intriguing and worth a look at nonetheless we'll be discussing his life and times his extraordinary skills and the outlandish claims to his immortality and a true identity yes we shall tear off the mask and find out that it was old man mcsummers 
who owned the farm next door the whole time. And who would have gotten away with it, too, if he wasn't for two jackasses on a podcast. That's right. That's right. I'm Velma. <laughs> I'm Velma. Oh, okay. I'll be. I'll be you're you're going to get an inbox full of dicks. <laughs> I'll be in the other room. <laughs> Don't come in. <laughs> now, the meat of this uh-huh. pie. What about of this mince pie is the history and the history is the meat. So yeah, get some on. of that. Let's get some of that mystery heat. Carve up a, fi- a thick slice for us all to chew on. Yeah. Save um, the neck for me. <laughs> save the giblets. One of the more delicious spices thrown onto this guy's hickory smoke story is that his origin is unknown. You'll never know it. You Don't know why? Try. Do you know why? Why? He'll never tell. Did you just watch that recently or something? No, it used to be stuck in my head forever. It was like the movie came out like 15 years ago. I just remember the, I never saw the movie, oh. the previews. They kept having Brittany Murphy do that over and over and over. And it was in my head. And then recently it came back. <laughs> it's better than ever. St. Germain never revealed his actual background and identity, leading to many speculations about him and his origin and ancestry. Now it's assumed that he may have to some people, but those people then not only didn't talk about what his history was, they wouldn't talk anything about him. There's sort of like you can, you could almost determine who knew or who he told by how little they would then talk. People who didn't know him, all they wanted to do was talk about him. Yeah. People who did know him were like, Eh, next subject. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about, bro. Some of these theories include the possibility that he was the illegitimate son of Maria Anna of Faltz Neuburg, the widow of Charles II of Spain and a certain Count Adnero, whom she knew at Bayonne. Man, there's a lot of words in there. It's fun because it's European. <laughs> Ew, la, la. <laughs> Guten tag. Those who disliked St. Germain said that he was the son of a Portuguese Jew named Aymar, while those who hated him said in the effort to add to his discredit that he was the son of an Alsatian Jew named Wolf. Boy, there is nothing worse than an old Alsatian Jew, I guess. I guess I guess this is a pretty anti-Semitic time, which I guess is all times, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. At no point has it really just been, been a, awesome. a smooth ride for, yeah. for Jewish people. Yeah. Other accounts yep. taken less seriously by most say he was alive in the time of Jesus and attended the wedding at Cana, where the young Jesus turned water into wine. Whoa. And that's where he developed a drinking problem. Because once you've had Jesus wine, <laughs> try to go back. Why do you think he had so many followers? Right? They all wanted some more of that Jesus wine. Yeah. Hey, Jesus hey. got some more of that Jesus wine. Hey, Jesus. Uh, you thirsty? I mean, all I've got is this goblet of water. Wish there was something we could do about it. Wink. <laughs> I think it's infected with stuff. Do you think that... That was the invention of the hand in water, piss your pants trick where like he was asleep and they just would like bring a goblet underneath his hand. And why are you guys drinking? And why is my robe wet? (laughs) Oh, Judas. (laughs) Huh? (laughs) He was also said to be present at the council of Nicaea in 325 CE. Enoch hated it. I don't know. I think I said hated hated it. it. What about Jubilees? It's got a real fun name. Oh, it sure does. In the garbage can. But Jubilee. <laughs> garbage can. Another theory that seems to be leading the pack in terms of credibility is that he was the son of Francis II Rakosi, 
the Prince of Transylvania, who was in exile at the time, possibly by Duchess Violante Beatrice of Bavaria. He claimed to be 88 years old when visiting Prince Charles of Hesse Castle in 1779, meaning his birth was in 1691. Damn! Hmm. The children of Francis Rakosi were brought up by the Emperor of Austria, but one of them was withdrawn from his guardianship. The story was put about that he was dead, but actually he was given into the charge of the last descendant of the Medici family who brought him up in Italy. Why was he sent away in his identity, protected or kept secret, you might ask? I, I might. Well, Don't worry, I didn't, but I might. Perhaps because he was illegitimate, or perhaps to keep him safe from the persecutions during the Habsburg dynasty. Now, what, can you give us a little... Little, 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 just something on that. I'll, I, I will tip my fedora to you. In 1687, the Hungarian Diet in Pressburg. Now, this is not uh, lean chicken and lentils Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then oatmeal the rest of the time. You mocked my pain. Never do it again. The Hungarian, the Hungarian Diet was actually a a kind of a a group that met to d- determine um, stuff. Stuff. Yeah, and they called it a diet. There are probably reasons which I didn't dive into, but in 1687, they changed the constitution and the right of the Habsburgs to succeed the throne without election was admitted. And it's a whole shepherd's pie of bullshit for a history only podcast. So let's not get into it. Fair enough. Good enough for me. The, the Habsburg dynasty put this child at risk. Sure. So then he was rumored to have studied in Italy at Siena University possibly as a protege of Grand Duke Gian Gaston, the last of the Medici line. <sighs> I can't do it. I can't do it. I thought really? I, I thought I could really, really get into some Gaston song. No one. I don't, I know how to get to it, but it has to be, um, pre- prevents harmless children from being persecuted. persecuted. <laughs> I, like Gaston. Yeah. Or hates the Hungarian diet like Gaston. <laughs> and if they show up, he'll start a, a Italian riot, Gaston. Gaston. Okay, done. <laughs> That's it. His Hungarian diet was 12 dozen That's eggs. Big. Just to get large. Just to get large. Uh, St. Germain's first chronicled appearances were in London in 1743. He had apparently just spent five years in the Shah of Persia's court, dude. Where he learned bedazzlery jewelry. He had like a really sweet uh, (laughs) denim jacket. Yes. With like his face on the back. It's really cool. Yeah. He said disco germ. (laughs) Yeah. He he was all about uh, the the jewel craft uh, there, which is the new game that I'm putting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Jewel craft. He beguiled the royals and the rich with his vast knowledge of science and history, his musical ability, his easy charm, and his quick wit. He was said to have spoken many languages fluently, including French, German, Dutch, Spanish, Portuguese, Russian, and English, and was further familiar with Chinese, Latin, Arabic, even ancient Greek and Sanskrit. What? Damn. Damn. He helped with songs for an opera at London's Haymarket Theater until 1745, when he was arrested on suspicion of espionage. Well, if a guy speaks that many languages and I mean, if a, if a guy looks like James Bond, acts like James Bond and multiculturally farts like James Bond, he might be a James Bond. (laughs) 
He's especially good at assassinating. <laughs> yeah, this was during the, the Jacobite Rebellion. Do you know anything about the Jacobite Rebellion? I do. Uh, the Jacobite Rebellion was an attempt by Charles Edward Stuart to steal the British throne. Oh. Um, yeah, you see, his whole family was in exile, and he decided, you know what I'll do? At this exact time, there was the War of Austrian Secession, which the Brits, which is a pie that the British... Uh, had to just dunk their military dongs in. So while all of the army was away on the continent, he was like, Hey, you know what I'll do? I'll, you know who likes fighting the Brit, the, the, the English Scots. <laughs> he runs up to the North, raises the Jacobite banner, gets a bunch of clans behind him. They have a couple of little victories here and here, here and there. Uh, the minute they start to cross into actual English territory, England recalls a few divisions or, you know, armies or whatever they got. And the instantly retreat back to the Scots, uh, back to, back to Scotland. And it doesn't matter. They just chase him down and rout him. And then the guy, he actually survived though. Uh, Stuart survived, Stuart? but, um, yeah, he had to flee to France, which is, I don't think, I think that's the most ignominious end for uh, an Englishman. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's a good thing. I knew all that off the top of my head, right? Uh, well, he was arrested on, on suspicion of espionage, but was released without charge and disappeared. He was like, okay. Uh, Maybe he was with had Stuart. Maybe they both Maybe took off. Maybe he helped him. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Horace Walpole, a member of parliament at the time who knew St. Germain from about 1745 in London, described him thusly. The other day, they seized an odd man who goes by the name of Count St. Germain. He has been here these two years, and I will not tell you who he is or whence, but professes two wonderful things. The first, that he does not go by his right name. <laughs> the second, that he never had any dealings with any woman, nay, nor with any succedanium, which uh, is a really elaborate word for substitute. He sings, plays on the violin wonderfully, composes, is mad, but not very sensible. He is called an Italian, a Spaniard, a Pole, a somebody that married a great fortune in Mexico, if you can believe it, and ran away with her jewels to Constantinople. Oh, isn't that... No. Okay. Not yet. A priest, a fiddler, a vast nobleman. Why, the Prince of Wales has an unsatiated curiosity about him, but in vain. Oh. However, nothing has been made out against him. He is released, and what convinces me that he's not a gentleman, stays here and talks of his being taken up for a spy. He reappeared in Versailles in 1748 with Stuart. Remember me? <laughs> no, he actually was not with. He claimed to have had. <laughs> he claimed to have had recipes for dyes and acquired quarters in the Chateau de Chambord. During this time in Paris, he gave diamonds as gifts and reputedly hinted that he was centuries old. The old portrait of him that you'd find when you uh, Google up an image of him dates from these years. In his memoirs, Baron von Gleichen. A Danish diplomat described him as a man. Danish accent, Flora. You're up. Yep, 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 
a man uh, of middle height, strongly built, and dressed with superb simplicity. <laughs> I, I, I say keep going with it. He spoke with an entire lack of ceremony to the... Mo- this is not a quote. There will be more later. He spoke with an entire lack of ceremony to the most highly placed personages and was fully conscious of his superiority. Fully conscious? Yes, I say. Everyone who knew him agreed in saying that though he liked sitting down to table with a numerous company, he never touched the food. He was fond of offering his intimate friends the recipe of a purge made of cinepods. Uh, Can I interest you in a purge? <laughs> it's made with cinepods. Oh, this will be so delightful. Did you say cinnamon? No, 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 no. no. Nay, nay, nay. Those would test far too good. This is a purge. (laughs) His principal food, which he prepared himself, was a mixture of oatmeal. Protein powder. (laughs) Some people also say lean chicken in some accounts. Dude, that's all I've been eating all week is oatmeal and lean chicken. I'm going to get so skinny. (laughs) I'm going to be a skinny little bee. You're going to live forever. Forever, said Gleishen of the first time he met St. Germain. He threw down his hat and sword, sat down in an armchair near the fire, and interrupted the conversation by saying to the man who was speaking, You do not know what you are saying. I am the only person who is competent to speak on this subject, and I have exhausted it. It was the same with music, which I gave up when I found I had no more to learn. That's a pretty good one, because that was a quote within a quote. That was quoteception. <laughs> I, I think I should stop trying a Dutch accent, because I, I... I don't think no you idea. should. I, I liked no it. Idea I enjoyed the Dutch accent. <laughs> Many people who heard it's him... their ovens I take issue with. <laughs> <laughs> Many people who heard him play the violin said of him that he equaled or even surpassed the greatest virtuosos of the period, and he seems to have justified his remark that he had reached the extreme limit possible in the art of music. St. Germain was also an accomplished artist. One day he took Gleishen to his house and said to him, I am pleased with you, and you have earned my showing you a few paintings of mine. What a dick! And he very effectively kept his word, said Gleishen, for the paintings he showed me bore all bore a stamp of singularity or perfection, which made them more interesting than many works of art of the highest order. He also showed me other wonders, a large quantity of jewels and colored diamonds of extraordinary size and perfection. I thought I beheld the treasures of the wonderful lamp, says he. Yeah. At that point, he became an acquaintance and diplomat of Louis XV and his mistress, Madame de Pompadour. Mm-hmm. Mistress of hair fluff. (laughs) Now, at the time, a mime named Gower began to mimic his mannerisms in salons, joking that he would have advised Jesus. I would have done the same thing. This guy's awfully high on his own supply. Yeah. Now then, uh, Giacomo Casanova. Who? You heard me. uh, Describes in his memoir several meetings with the, quote, celebrated and learned impostor. (laughs) Of his first meeting in Paris in 1757, he writes, Oh, boy. Oh, sh**. I really... Get out there. Yeah. The most enjoyable dinner I had was with Madame de Robert Gergi, who came with the famous adventurer known by the name of the Count de Saint-Germain. His individual, instead of eating, talked from the beginning of the meal to the end, and I followed his example in one respect, as I did not eat, but listened to him with the greatest attention. It may safely be said that as a conversationalist, he was unequaled. 
Now, now, since this is a Casanova, uh-huh. I think the rest of this novella that he wrote here oh, right. should be as if you were trying to seduce the listener. Okay. So just, you know, put that layer on top of what you got. I will. I will. Okay, let me get comfortable. It'll be a, a tasty little cake. Laura, do you have any scented oils I could rub into my chest hair? No. None that I'd let you use anyway. <laughs> it would have helped. I got Ever, some Vicks ever, Vapo Rub. You know what everybody likes? Got some Vicks. Oily chest hair. You want some Vicks? <laughs> Mentholatum? Uh, how's your sinuses? He sent the Germain and gave himself out for a marvel and always aimed at exciting amazement, see? Which he often succeeded in doing. He was a scholar, a linguist, mm-hmm. a musician, and a chemist. A good looking, eh? And the perfect ladies man. Hey. He, he gave it to your kisses. <laughs> For a while, he gave them a pants and a cosmetics. He flattered them. Not that he would make them young again, which he modestly confessed was beyond him. But that their beauty he would preserve by means of a wash, which, he said, cost him a lot of money, but which he gave away freely. He had a contrived to gain the favor of Madame de Pompadour, you know, the girl with the hair, who had spoken about him to the king. For him, he had made a laboratory in which the monarch, a martyr to boredom, tried to find a little pleasure in the distraction, at all events, by making dyes. Dyes? Dyes. The king had given him a suite of rooms, a sham board, and a hundred thousand francs for the construction of the laboratory. And according to Saint Germain, the dice discovered by the king would have a materially beneficial influence on the quality of the French fabrics. This extraordinary man, intended by nature to be the king of impostors and quacks, would say in an, une- in an easy, assured manner that he was three hundred years old, and that he knew the secret of universal medicine. Grazie, Obama. <laughs> that he possessed a mastery over nature, and he could melt the diamonds professing himself capable of forming out of ten or twelve smaller diamonds, one a large diamond of the finest water without any loss of weight. All of this, he said, was a mere trifle to him. Notwithstanding his boastings, his bare-faced lies, and his manifold eccentricities, I cannot say I thought of him offensive. In spite of my knowledge of what he was, and in spite of my own feelings, I thought of him as an astonishing man, as he was always astonishing me. Not taking no. your pants <laughs> off. <laughs> Not taking your pants off. <laughs> you got it. You got it. In 1760, while at Paris, Countess von Georgie heard that a Count de Saint-Germain had arrived for a soiree at the home of Madame de Pompadour. Hello, boys. I'm the Countess de Georgie. Mutual, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> The elderly countess was curious because she had known a Count de Saint-Germain while in Venice in 1710. Upon meeting the Count again, she was astonished to see that he hadn't appeared to age and asked him if it was his father that she knew in Venice. No, madam, he replied, but I myself was living in Venice at the end of the last and the beginning of this century. (laughs) I had the honor to pay you court then. I don't know. It's my Saint-Germain voice. I love it. I love, I love the eternal dandy. Forgive me, but that is impossible, the perplexed countess said. Le Count de Saint-Germain I knew in those days was at least 45 or 45 years old, and you, at the outside of that age at present. Madam, I am very old. <laughs> oh my God, he's French Schneider. 
<laughs> he said with a knowing smile. Madam, I am very old. Flora, I'm going to have to insist that all all count to St. Germain from here on out is <laughs> Fred, Fred Schneider, Schneider okay. from the B-52s. But then you must be nearly 100 years old, said the astonished countess. That is not possible. That is not impossible, the count told her matter-of-factly, then continued to convince the countess that he was indeed the same man she knew with the details of their previous meetings and of life in Venice 50 years earlier. Later that year, he tried to smooth relations with Britain and France, which kind of happened behind the king's back. Yeah. He kind of did it himself. Which is also, I mean... Oh, welcome. Are you going to fix this problem? (laughs) Well, the British diplomats wouldn't talk to him unless he proved that he was working with the king. And since he uh, was going behind the king's back, he couldn't do that. So the king was forced to call for his arrest for espionage. He was kind of persuaded by a duke. Yeah. Um, Aren't aren't we all in our own way? My duke is Pop-Tarts, and they're very persuasive. (laughs) Jesus. Uh, So... St. Germain left for England via Holland. He had some help from yeah. some Dutch. Swung through Amsterdam. After that, uh, the Count passed through the Netherlands and into Russia. And apparently, um, which I love that he was making his way for England vis-a-vis Russia. And apparently he was in St. Petersburg when the Russian army put Catherine the Great on the throne. At the time, he wore a uniform of a Russian general and call- called himself Saltikov. <laughs> oh, that old mm-hmm. Saltikov. Old salty cuff. Uh, later conspiracy theories credit him for causing it. Uh, then the next year, he turned up in Belgium, bought land, and took the name Surmount. He tried to offer his processes, you know, for treating wood, leather, and oil paint, and all that jazz, uh, to the state. And during his negotiations, which P.S. came to bullshit, uh, he with uh, he was working with the Belgian minister Karl Kobenzel that he hinted at a royal birth and turned iron into something resembling gold. And then, once he had Copeland's on board, because, you know, like, once you can turn iron into gold, you know, then you make... All ears. Then you make the big play. So, then he disappears for 11 years. In 1774, he resurfaced and apparently tried to present himself to a count in Bavaria as Freyr Reinhard Jimmingen Gutenberg. The Count Zoroji. <laughs> Jesus. Guy's like, well, he they, loves names. if I can exhaust them with, with my name, then they won't ask any more questions. They'll just be glad I'm done introducing myself. <laughs> he also apparently returned to France when Louis XVI and Marie Antoinette occupied the throne. He allegedly warned them of the revolution that was to come 15 years in the future. That's a bullshit warning. That's like, you know, oh, something bad's going to happen at some point. (laughs) Probably 15 years from now. Yeah. Be careful. Yeah. P5Fs and a T. In 1776, the Count was in the United... No, he was not in the United States. He missed that party entirely. He knew better than to cross the Atlantic. America ain't got no bullshit with immortals. (laughs) Except for Keanu Reeves. Right. Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage. In 1776, the Count was in Germany calling himself the Count Well Done. <laughs> Gave up on the long things, was just like, hi, I'm the Count, and um, guess how I like my steaks. <laughs> uh, and again offered recipes, cosmetics, wines, liqueurs, treatments of bone, paper, and ivory. Uh, he <laughs> quickly alienated King Frederick's emissaries by his claims of transmutation of gold, 
and repeatedly compared himself to God really came in hot. Yeah. <laughs> really no more like, Hey guys yeah. <laughs> who wants some gold? <laughs> I'm like God. Oh, is that lead? I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, to Frederick, he claimed to have been a Freemason, which we'll come back to a little later. Uh, he settled in a house of Prince Carl of Hesse castle, uh, which is who's the governor of Schleswig Holstein and studied herbal remedies and chemistry to give to the poor. To him, he claimed he was Francis Rakosi the second prince of Transylvania. So he's, you know, he's circling back on previous aliases. Yeah. Uh, 1784 is when the count supposedly died, though of unknown causes. His death was recorded in the register of the St. Nikolai Church in Eckenferda. He was buried 2nd of March, and the cost of the burial was listed in the accounting books of the church the following day. The official burial site for the count is at Nikolai Church in Eckenferda. That seems like it's redundant. Um, He was buried in a private grave. Not a pirate grave, a private grave. I read pirate at first. On April 3rd, the same year, the mayor and the city of Eckenferda issued an official proclamation about the auctioning off of the Count's remaining effects in case no living relative would appear within a designated time period to lay claim on them. He left very little behind, and apparently none of the jewels or uh, personal things uh, of his travels were were in there. Which, I'll tell you what, doesn't really surprise me, because uh, on the one hand, you know, either he's a, a rolling con man, and I don't want to get to the end of this too much, but like, you know, if, if he is a rolling con man, then a first thing the con man does is it convinces people that he doesn't really need money, you yeah. know, like that, 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 that eases everything up. So shows them a chest of fake jewels. So who cares if they're missing or if they're real, this guy disappears for decades at a time, mm-hmm. you know, maybe he's got, that's where that goes. That's how you keep that ball rolling. Yeah. Either way, what else? Moving on. Yeah. Well, his death was suspect. However, as count Hesse castle seemed to act strangely elusive, when questioned about it. Plus, the official documents of Freemasonry say that in 1785, the French Masons chose him as their representative at the great convention that took place in that year, with Mesmer, St. Martin, and Cagliostro present. In the following year, St. Germain was received by the Empress of Russia. Finally, the Comtesse d'Adamar reports at great length a conversation she had with him in 1789 in the Church of the Recollets. After the taking of the Bastille, his face looked no older than it had looked 30 years earlier. He said he had come from China and Japan. There is nothing so strange out there, he said, as that which is happening here. But I can do nothing. My hands are tied by someone who is stronger than I. There are times when it is possible to draw back others at which the decree must be carried out as soon as he has pronounced it. I think we've hit the, the end of that road. You, you, you regretting it now? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I mean, well done, Flora. You're killing that. <laughs> but there's only so much of that sweet, sweet pudding I can eat. Uh, now, there were also uh, even more rumors of him being alive in 1798 in a revolutionary prison. Also in Paris in 1821 during the negotiations for the Treaty of Vienna, and then again afterwards in the Piazza de San Marco. In his memoirs, English journalist Albert Vandam wrote that a meet, uh, wrote of meeting a man who bore a striking resemblance to Count of St. Germain, but who went by the name of Major Fraser. Vandam wrote, he called himself Major Fraser, lived alone, and never alluded to his family. Moreover, he was, uh, he was lavish with money, 
though the source of his fortune, uh, the source of his fortune remained a mystery to everyone. He possessed a marvelous knowledge of all the countries in Europe at all periods. His memory was absolutely incredible. And curiously enough, he often gave his hearers, uh, to understand that he had acquired his learning elsewhere than from books. Uh, many is, many is the time he has told me with a strange smile that he was certain he had known Nero and had spoken with Dante and so on. Major Fraser disappeared without a trace between 1880 and 1900. St. Germain's name once again became prominent when members of the Theosophical Society, including famed mystic Helena Blavatsky, claimed that he was still alive and working towards the, quote, spiritual development of the West. There is even an allegedly genuine photo taken of of Blavatsky and St. Germain together. Uh, In 1897, the famous French singer Emma Calve dedicated uh, an autographed portrait of herself to St. Germain. There is other evidence, though less conclusive, of his survival. He may have been seen in Milan in in 1867 and then again in Egypt during Napoleon's campaign. Uh, Napoleon III kept a dossier on him. Anne Besant said that she met him in uh, that she met the count in 1896. Theosophist C.W. Ledbetter uh, claimed to have met him in the Rome in 1926 and said that Saint Germain showed him a robe that had been previously owned by a Roman emperor and that St. Germain had told him uh, that one of his residents was a castle in Transylvania. Uh, On January 28, 1972, ex-convict and lover of singing star Delita, Richard Chanfrey, claimed to be the Count of St. Germain on French television. He also claimed that Louis XV was still alive. So, mystery solved. Well, find that guy. Ex-convict and uh, pop star lover. (laughs) I've never heard of Delita. Yeah, I haven't either. What do you think, man? Well, I think there was also a sighting of him near Mount Shasta in Washington, but I, I I couldn't find too much about that. It was very scant stuff. I mean, most of this gets scanter as the years go on. But yeah, and it's such a a, a I mean, it's a weird claim to make because who the is going to recognize the Count of Saint Germain? Yeah, or the Count de Saint Germain? Yeah, as as time goes on. That's going to get less and less because if he is no longer being the Count of St. Germain, right. nobody's going to know who he is. Yeah, so there he's just a dude. Yeah. Just some old dude. Old man. So one of the greatest claims about the Count was his knowledge of alchemy, which we haven't gotten to yet, but uh, have oh. big plans for. Yeah, exactly. This We're not going to plunge this as hard as we otherwise would because that's its own beast. Yet if St. Germain knew how to make gold, he was wise enough to say nothing about it. Nothing but the possession of the secret could perhaps account for the enormous wealth at his command, though he was not known to have money on deposit at any bankers. Just kept it under his pillow. Yeah. He had a love of jewels in an extreme form, and he ostentatiously showed off those he possessed. He kept a great quantity of them in a casket, which he carried about everywhere with him. The importance he attached to jewels was so great that in the pictures painted by him, which were in themselves remarkable, the figures were covered in jewels. Oh, he loved to watch that oh, bling sing. Jewels. And but his colors dangling. were so vivid and strange that faces looked pale Want and a insignificant. Necklace? Take a contrast. ring. Sorry, couldn't stop rhyming. He was also known to carry jewels sewn into his clothing. He was said to have presented a cross ornamented with gems to a woman he scarcely knew because she had idly admired it. Hey, that's a nice cross, buddy. (laughs) The Count claimed that he had learned how to turn several small diamonds 
into one large diamond and to make pearls grow to spectacular size. He said he could remove flaws from diamonds. The diamonds that he wore in his shoes and garters were believed to be worth more than 200,000 francs. Did he have diamonds in the soles of his shoes? Probably. Let's write a song about that. But the feature in St. Germain's personage that is hardest to believe is his astounding longevity. Everyone agreed that, in appearance, he was a man of between 40 and 50. Even Voltaire said he was, quote, a man who knows everything and who never dies. Never dies. In alchemy, now, the the end goal is usually one of two things. You turn base metals into gold, or you find the elixir of life, something that will give you immortality. Yeah. Von Gleichen wrote, Once in his laboratory, St. Germain asked for a silver six-franc coin, which he covered with a black substance and exposed it to heat of the furnace. A few minutes later, he took the coin out of the fire, and the silver coin was no longer of silver, but of the purest gold. (gasps) On another occasion, accused of black magic, the Count said that his laboratory did not deal with the supernatural because he was a serious student of chemistry, dude, and had made discoveries that were of some use to humanity. Yeah, I mean, which I... Of course that guy's going to get, I mean, I love that people are like, whoa, 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 whoa. What are you doing with all this, this lab equipment? You're a witch. I'll ignore the fact that you're hundreds of years old. That's (laughs) not what's pissing me off here. So he could uh, actually create synthetic diamonds with his very limited lab uh, at the Royal Castle in Chambord, where he also lived uh, and had all of this indispensable knowledge to transform carbonaceous materials into diamonds. That's a hell of a trick. Yeah, exactly. Now, said St. Germain, one needs to have studied in the pyramids as I have studied. What? Well, because, because he studied how you store grain? <laughs> that's right. Does it mean that all the archaeologists that are going in there, they're all like, oh, that's how you do it. Bye! When, when they come out, they live forever, dude. Mm-hmm. In about 1760, approximately, an English newspaper, the London Mercury, quite seriously published the following story. The Count de Saint Germain presented a lady of his acquaintance who was concerned at growing old with a vial of his famous elixir of long life. The lady put the vial into a drawer. One of her servants, a middle-aged woman, thought the vial contained a harmless purge and drank the contents. When the lady summoned her servant next day, there appeared before her a young girl, almost a child. It was the effect of the elixir. A few drops more, and I have no doubt the servant would have answered her mistress with infantile screams. So, whoops-a-daisy. But, you know, that is, how many versions of that have we heard? Oh, I, I, I did create the youth elixir, but then someone rang the doorbell, and when I came back, it was all gone. Yep. And then I had a puppy at the at yeah. my feet. Th- thieving, uh, thieving servants, once again. I just thought it was, I just... I was in a hurry. I had a lot of work to do. I, just I had to, to purge. I had to hurry up and throw up everywhere. So I just figured I'd down this one. Uh, he also gave recipes for removing wrinkles and dying hair. Uh, actually, no superpowers or anything supernatural. He was just Avon. Right. Yeah, he was He was Mary Kay. <laughs> and then he arrived in a pink Cadillac. Yeah. Everyone was most taken aback. Oh. What a stir at court. His activity and the diversity of his occupations were very great, Dave. He was interested in the preparation of dyes. Your activity and diversity (laughs) of occupations is great, you son of a bitch. Are you immortal? Because you have to tell me if you're immortal. It's the the law. 
<laughs> he was interested in the preparation of dyes and even started a factory in Germany for the manufacture of felt hats. Wherever he traveled, he set up an elaborate laboratory. Right. I feel like that's a little indicator. Is he the Walter White of the <laughs> se- the 18th century? Yeah, the Winnebago. Yeah. That's some of the crazy claims in there. Now, here's where we start to um, oh, yeah. that's get onto the gravel road, which turns into dirt, which turns into nothing. We turn into mud bog. Yeah. How about this? I mean, he, I mean, anyone who is already dealing with, and, and no matter how much he wants to protest it, he's dealing with occultish things. Oh, yeah. He's, he's studying in pyramids. He's an immortal. Come on. Uh, alchemy. Yeah. Philosophy. The arts. Now, at this time, and we've gone over this a thousand times, about how popular secret societies were, um, and especially in pre-revolutionary France. Oh, the rage. And, and the fact that uh, many of them uh, recognized uh, St. Germain as, quote, an adept, uh, or one who knew all the ancient wisdoms and hinted. I mean, this is exactly the guy they want to find. They're all trying to like tap into the ancient knowledge of the universe. And this guy's like, oh, really, bro? Because I was there. Do you see this on the side of the pyramid? Yeah, that's me. That was, that was my buddy Styles. We fucking ruled Cairo. Okay. Bitches were all like, oh, Styles was the shit. He had the cool dance moves, but I also had a really wicked chariot. So between the two of us, we crushed so much Egyptian up <laughs> really getting, getting weird. <laughs> you go into you, you just dig that hole, I Badger. Am. I am. <laughs> By the way, if no one's created the porn site Pahoon, yet, <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah, exactly. So give us a cut. Pahoon. Um, Pahoon. <laughs> now I'm tired. <laughs> so, um, we have fun. <laughs> we have fun. Uh, he hinted at the rights of the Freemasons, the Rosicrucians, the Knights Templar, and uh, was a huge influence on Freemasonry and all, all uh, not all, but a lot of those secret societies. Um, now, nowadays, Masons are like, nope, no, that wasn't him, bro. <laughs> um, uh, they, they omit him entirely as a source of inspiration, but there's a lot of uh, contradictory information about that. We have some some Mason listeners. You guys, uh, yeah, let us know if there's any whispers of of this guy in in the circles there. Yeah, and also um, we want to be Masons, but I don't want to do any work or memorize anything. So just send us some rings in the mail; would be perfect. I also don't want to get paddled, so that's in there. He wants to get paddled a little. I'm out. <laughs> he wants to get paddled a little bit. I'm out. Just a little bit. I'm out. <laughs> oh, sh- I was wrong. He's out. <laughs> Uh, when he was in Vienna, he took part in the foundation of the Society for Asiatic Brothers and the Knights of Light. We're the Knights of Light. Ah! All right. Can height <laughs> tonight. That's tight. <laughs> That's enough. Too right. Too right. The Knights of Light who studied alchemy, and it was he who gave Mesmer his fundamental ideas on personal magnetism and hypnotism. Hmm. You've heard of Mesmer, eh? Well, Mes- mesmerize. Mesmerize. Flora? Poke, poke, stick, poke. With the cooperation of Savalette de Lange, who was the nominal head, he founded the group of Philolathes. Is that how you say that? 
or Truth Lovers, Truth Lover, Truth Lover, which was recruited from the best of Delang's Lodge of the Friends Assembled. That was the one that he started. Friends. Meanwhile, at the Lodge of the Friends Assembled, <laughs> the, the Prince of Hesse, Condorcet, and Cagliostro were all members of this group. I don't know who any of these people are. Right. One, one day we'll find out. He taught that man has in him infinite possibilities and that, from the practical point of view, he must strive unceasingly to free himself of matter in order to enter into communication with the world of higher intelligences. Okay. So free yourself of matter, dude. Just get a bunch of jewels. That's all you need. It's just jewels, man. He attempted a reform of Freemasonry and was understood in his philosophy by some, but it ultimately failed. Old causes created by accumulated injustices had paved the way for terrible effects. These effects were in their turn to create the causes of future evil. The chain of evil linked firmly together by men's egoism and hatred was not to be broken. The light kindled by a few wise visionaries, a few faithful watchers over the well-being of their brothers was extinguished almost as soon as it was kindled. Now, I I didn't want to interrupt you, but I love... That he's like, no, guys, we got to get beyond the material. We got to get beyond the physical. But seriously, check out all these diamonds. Also, I can make more diamonds. Do you want giant pearls? Because I know how to do that. Also, I couldn't help but notice that that metal over there isn't gold. You want me to fix that for you? This is where in the research, all of a sudden you just, you find yourself in a darkened wood. (laughs) Oh yeah. I love it. It just gets darker all the time. Uh, you know, Canadian-born author and mystic Manly P. Hall. Hi, I'm Manly Hall. I'm sorry. <laughs> Wrote in his book, Secret Teachings of All Ages, the Count de St. Germain was thoroughly conversant with the principles of Oriental esotericism. He had a retreat in the heart of the Himalayas to which he retired periodically from the world. On one occasion, he declared that he would remain in India for 85 years and then would return to the scene of his European labors. At various times, he admitted that he was obeying the orders of a, of a higher power and greater than himself. I feel like there's a little bit of Dr. Strange in there. Mm. Right? Ooh. Mm. Um, what he did not say was that this superior power was the mystery school, which had sent him into the world to accomplish a definite mission. St. Germain was seen in many places and behavior attracted the attention of high society of Europe. The whole of Europe was said to be his home, but he also spent most of his days in constant voyage, visiting locales as distant as Turkey, Tibet, Mexico, and throughout the African continent. Quote, I will disappear from Europe, he said, to get in the region of the Himalayas. I will stand. I must rest. In 85 years, I will again. That didn't make a lot of sense, but I think we all got it at the end of it. That's a, I reads the quotes as the quotes yeah. say to be read. And um, I get the feeling there's no written evidence of that quote being said. Right, yeah, that feels, well, all of that, because, yeah, Manly, Mystic Manly Hall was just, I feel like that he literally just stole a bunch of shit from from Doctor Strange <laughs> and, and was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, you know who's, the cool, who's my favorite comic book character? He wasn't at all. He was a real dude. Yeah, exactly. The most unbelievable thing. Was that he was real. (laughs) Rudolf Graffer, a bookseller, publisher, and Rosicrucian, had a meeting with St. Germain in 1790 in Vienna, Austria. This is what the great alchemist said to him. I have to go away, but you still see. 
I am necessary in Constantinople, and after not in Istanbul. What, what? Where is this? And after in England, where I am going to prepare two inventions: paths of iron, railroads, and boats to vapor. Sky roads, rail skies. <laughs> then I will come back to Germany. The stations will change little by little. First the spring, after the summer. It is the gradual pause that announces the end of this cycle. The astrologers do not know anything because they don't study me as the pyramids. Around the end of this century, I will, I will disappear of Europe and I will go to the region of Himalaya. I need rest. I will be seen within 85 years. Goodbye. I love you. Goodbye. I love you. <laughs> Goodbye. I love you. Um, well, that the last bit is close to what the... Yeah, that the at least dude, there's so. a little you know, consistency there. Who, who is stealing from whom? Then in Rosicrucian Max Heindahl's writings, the Count of St. Germain is described as one of the later incarnations of Christian Rosencruz, an enigmatic individual born in the 13th century and the head of the Rosicrucian order. According to this author, Rosencruz had been Lazarus in his previous physical life, a biblical character in the New Testament. Right. This would contradict the idea that he was Joseph, the father of Jesus, since right. they both lived at the same time. Might be a problem. And Hiram Abeth, the widow's son of Freemasonry in an earlier existence. See, that's the problem. When you get uh, a highfalutin eternal, everyone's going to try to make him into everybody. Mm. And I feel like, I, I don't know, to my mind, if I was eternal, which I don't think would be terrible until the earth becomes a radioactive piece of ash floating around a dead star, then it would be a problem. <laughs> but if I was eternal, then I think you would, you would take a few swipes at being an emperor. And then you'd be like, you know what? It's just way easier to, to work off the grid. Yeah. I wouldn't, oh, yeah. I wouldn't think they would go from being one seminal person in history after another. Ding, 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 ding. What if I kicked you in the ding, 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 ding. <laughs> History's balls. <laughs> in the Godfrey Ray King books, which I have no idea what are, and Law of Life books, it said that St. Germain was Joseph, the foster father of Jesus. Marilyn, the magician of King Arthur's court, Roger Bacon, Christian Rosencrantz, Christopher Columbus, Jesus, Francis Bacon, and Prince Rokosi of Transylvania in previous reincarnations. Uh, these beliefs about his previous incarnations are also promulgated by the Church Universal and Triumphant, with the addition that he was also incarnated as the ancient Jewish prophet Samuel as St. Alban, and as a high priest of the white magicians in Atlantis. Jesus Christ, Godfrey Ray King. I told you this. Pump the motherfucking brakes. We're in the marsh now, bro. We're in the Mud marsh <laughs> The only way to get out is with <laughs> Grave Digger. <laughs> I'm going to tip the, the hat real quick here and say this is... Uh, just rife with bullshit because they still think that Christopher Columbus is a good guy. Right. Yeah. So uh, uh, that's the wrong one to pick there. It's a, that's Whoops, a big old red, a daisy. red flag. I mean, this probably happened in the 70s. I'm, I'm not saying. But um, conspiracy theorists who believe in Nessara, a purported secret law that the U.S. government denies the existence of, 
And what is NASARA, Dave? That would be the National Economic Security and Recovery Act that was set of, uh, which was a set of proposed uh, economic reforms suggested in the 1990s by Harvey Francis Barnard. Uh, long story short, is he saying, "All right, what if we changed? Uh, we got rid of." Uh, income tax and replaced it with a national sales tax, got rid of compound interest on loans and returned to a bimetallic currency. Now this would result in 0% inflation and a more stable economy. The downside of his problem is that we don't have inflation as a problem. Our inflation is non-existent and has been for some time. There's a lot, a lot of good economic theories about it there. I listened to the, the planet money podcast and they talked about not only what a huge problem inflation was, but how we beat it, but but like not like the way you uh, beat a disease that can come back and get it. Like they beat it and learn the cure for it. Of inflation? Yeah. So so that's Nisara. Now, uh, to get back to this conspiracy that some, I guess some people believe, they, they think that St. Germain is still alive and is actively working with Jesus the Christ and with benevolent space aliens to get that law enacted. That is something I found on the thing you might know as the internet. Oh my God, I love that. That was so decadent. That was like a flowerless chocolate tart of <laughs> was like bat crazy. 16th century peacock <laughs> yeah. cooked with cinnamon and cloves. Damn, that was great. So um, let's just jetpack out of this, this mile. Yeah. Yeah, let's just teleport out with the use of benevolent alien technology. Um, what do you, what do you think of this guy? Uh, genius or charlatan? I think that he is a, a con man, a really really good con man, a very intelligent man. Why not Zoidberg? <laughs> uh, both. He was a genius charlatan. Yeah, I don't. He was yeah, a he doesn't dapper have, swindler. Oh, yeah, he doesn't have to be either or. I agree with that. I think that. I'm sure that he did speak a lot of languages. I'm sure he was very smart. And I think that he was also a con man. <laughs> you know, you, you can be both. And I think he was. Yeah. You know, seeing as how popular alchemy was at the time, maybe he figured out a way to game the system as many others did. Yeah. I've listened to some podcasts on alchemy and that was a big industry. Oh, yeah. Around then. People were getting paid by the royalty to try and figure out how to make them more money. Yep. People were free money. And it was, it was one of these things where they, the alchemists quote unquote alchemists had to keep coming up with little here and there to keep their employment going. (laughs) Or, you know, if, if they went too long without showing something for the efforts that they'd been paid for, Right, out, you're out on your ass. Do you think he had? Uh, I mean, you you think he was a con man, so you don't think that he had the philosopher's stone or the elixir of life? No, um, no, I don't. Well, what about all the accounts of people having seen him, met him, talked to him for years and years and years? I think that uh, I feel like maybe there's a little dread pirate Roberts there Someone picked up the mantle and continued. Exactly. Hmm. I think it's a great running scam. And, uh, I think that if you've got the moxie, you know, I mean, yeah. Do I think it's a little outlandish to think that it was a, a an actual dread private Roberts who was like, Hey, you're about right. How about you be me now? You know, but any, any con man worth his salt 
would take that story and run with it. Yeah. You know, and it's, it wouldn't be hard to, to figure out details of a person's life. If you study them properly, any good con man would do his research and then meet the Baroness, the, the, the titty buckets and, and, yeah, <laughs> I don't know where that name came from. What 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 are titty buckets? I don't corset. <laughs> I, I guess <laughs> in the Earl of Titty Buckets. <laughs> yeah, and you just you tell them about their own lives and be like, yeah, we've met. Yeah, right. Don't um, you remember? I'm offended now. What uh, what do you think about him being an alien? I do not think he is an alien. I mean, granted. Sukalo sound. Is such a thing even possible? Yes, it is. But no, he's not an alien. Okay. What about a time traveler? Uh, uh, then you'd have to say time travel's real, but. Right. Um, Let's say he's a time traveler and he's only going forward in time. Uh, I don't know if you can say that if he's, if, if they claim he's been on the scene for a while. I mean, he does disappear for decades at a time and then comes back, looks the same if he's just going to some parties here and there. Right. I mean, this could all happen in like two years. True. Um, yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe a time traveler. Um, again, I would think that he would come up with a better scam. Just to, to have fun, live life, hang out with royalty. Yeah. Run, run as a spy. Yeah. As an accused spy. Yeah, I think he would do more. Throw a it. bunch of like cubic zirconium at people. Yeah. I I mean, yes, he's doing a lot, but I feel like I don't know. I just expect more of a time traveler. Mm. I feel like he's playing the small potatoes game. He's at his own country. If a he's le- a true legacy at the end of that, if you wanted. If he's going way back though, I mean the record keeping gets only spottier, you know? Yeah, but what is it's not like it's not like he's, you know. I mean, he Prester threw John. out Jubilees and Enoch. Right, that, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's not Prester John, though. He didn't make his own f***ing little nation state. He didn't invent Wakanda. <laughs> he did have a lot of vibranium, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What if he was an angel or a demon? That just, I, I don't, I don't, you, you, I mean, I feel bad because you're asking me and every time I'm like, No! I don't feel like there was really anything angelic or demonic about his behavior. I feel like there was a couple little, little. Okay. All right. Uh, I, 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 well, see, I feel like there, uh, there was uh, a uh, couple uh, of things. I, 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 um, when they were talking about him saying weird stuff and, and granted the, this is kind of where we were getting into the woods. There, there was some indication of him prophesying like the, like we said, the the well, French fifth, yeah, Revolution was kind of yeah. kind of dumb, but there were a couple other things. I think he was like, "Oh well, you guys don't want to be around for this," or like, "Oh well, I I know this is going to happen, but you know who cares?" I don't know. There's there's little stuff like that, and then when you get into the crazy crazy woods, he's talking about what was it that some oh, someone was guiding his actions. seventh seventh oh yeah yeah there was the 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 leader of the mystery school. And then there was what the seventh pillar of light or some sh- the violet laser well, show. Yeah, that that's way in the marsh. Um, but I would say the reason I, I I'm disinclined to, to go with angel or demon is because isn't like the whole thing, you know that 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 they're they're sort of above. Okay, first of all, there's there's only two things angel and demons want. They want souls and they want sex, right? There's no angels or demons that are like trying to accumulate. Well, sounds like. 
Well, that, I mean, that's true, but I mean, he was happy to give shit away. Right. He, but he, he did accumulate wealth and he was really proud of it. He, he did a lot of very worldly things. And one of the worldly things he never did was ladies. Apparently angels don't have genitalia though. Yeah, but they still bang people. Nephilim ever heard of them. Eh, those were the children of that's that's what children the, of the, what the offspring of fallen of, angels of 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 angels and people mm, of de- yeah fallen angels and people and they were wiped out a long time ago. That's bro. my point, son. Is that they listen? If you're an angel, you find a way. <laughs> um, also, so, if you're an angel, uh, write in. And, yeah, if you're an angel, please let us know. We'll put you on the show. So yeah, that's uh, I I don't know. They just. I don't feel, it doesn't feel very. Oh, this is what you were just talking about. Uh, the the thought that he was an ascended master. Yeah. Um, many that's, groups. That's some f***ing Stargate shit there. <laughs> many groups in occultism honor St. Germain as an ascended master. As such, he is believed to have many magical powers, such as the ability to teleport, levitate, walk through walls, influence people telepathically, etc. He is all the X-Men. Uh, in the New Age beliefs regarding him, Saint Germain is always associated with the color violet and the jewel amethyst. You didn't fucking like amethysts. Uh, amethyst is a mineral. I'll take your poppers quartz. He is also regarded as the quote unquote master of the seventh ray. That's what it was. That's it. your vibration. Ascended master, man. Uh, um, a couple more here for you, vampire. Yeah. I, I kind of dig vampire. He's Transylvanian. <laughs> It's true. So didn't eat a lot. Nobody saw him eat. Right. He always had like a super a broth. He's just very charming, very smart. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Nobody said how he was to the touch. Mm. How about uh, how about a Highlander? Sure. And, and didn't, he, if he disappeared, then somebody's got his power. Yeah. Doesn't. Yeah. Who's to say he didn't walk around with a sword, killing Spanish Scotsmen? Now keep in mind the sources for this stuff are. A lot of anecdotes. Yeah, they're lo- it's a loose meat sandwich. Uh, in some cases, they're just plain made up. But like when we see uh, accounts that are written from history, they're accounts of accounts. Yeah. They're, they're accounts of, of stories and anecdotes that people have about him, which is fun. But I, I think I would love to believe that, that there was a guy who was just so charismatic, so knowledgeable that he just could waltz from court to court through Europe. And, and yes, stories would be absolutely told about this guy and they'd get embellished over time. You know, yeah. I really would love to believe that there was like 16th, you know, 17th century Ferris Bueller who just <laughs> ran Europe with his cool ass charm. I bet there was. Yeah. Who's to say? I mean, I think there, there were lots of smart cookies mm-hmm. that could. I mean, if you're in Europe, if you have enough money to go from place to place, pick up on the language if you're young. Yeah. And let's say the guy is from the Francis Ricosi or whatever the 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 and he's like a prince studying with the last Medici at a very, you know, yeah. well-known school in Italy. I mean, he's he's got all kinds of arts education right there for him. Learn but learn why the some hell music, not? learn some uh painting, you know, like that kind of I think that's why that that leads the credibility race that that theory. Yeah. But yeah, like there's a lot of embellishments that, that are thrown on. I think though that yeah, it's it's entirely possible that some dude could just cavort all over the place Ugh. at a time where cavorting was people were happy to uh, ca- cavorting people were happy to accept. Yeah, the cavorters. 
and and then they they talk about it, write about it, and there you go. I bet there were others just like him, but at different time periods that just kind of got lost in the mix. Or others that were just like him that people that were like, oh, that was St. Germain. Well, you know what I mean? Like they, they just got their names get shuffled off the yep, paperwork. They get slurped up. Yeah. That's well, awesome. Yeah. That's uh what, what an interesting guy. This yeah. He's a cool guy. Yeah. I liked it a lot. So that's uh, the Count of St. Germain in a very bedazzled nutshell. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, you guys, there's oh, a lot of fake diamonds on this. You need to wear some sunglasses, guys. Be careful. And now for another thing that sparkles and dazzles, but probably has no substance and lasts forever. <laughs> Who starts? Uh, I think I started last time. Will you go? Okay. I got a dating website. Uh-huh. It's a site you can go to to find a lover who has amazing skills and immeasurable wealth. I love it. You'll want to go to www.stgermainsqueeze.com. Oh, that's a good one. I like that. <laughs> I've got a real easy one. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So, you know, there's no shortage of, of printed publications uh, about the unknown, obviously, 40 in times, things like that. But uh, turns out Scott's Magazine is, uh, is trying to get into it. They're putting a little section towards the back about the unknown and things like that. And unfortunately, they didn't really buy the story of, uh, of St. Germain. Oh, so, yeah? Yeah, and Scott's Magazine, he's the to St. Germain. <laughs> <laughs> Full page spread. Yeah. Scott's Magazine! <laughs> Which, I, I feel like that is one of the most uh, fruit-bearing things you've ever come up with, Laura. <laughs> All right, what do you got? All right. Yeah, I don't know if you've heard of this guy or not. A lot of people haven't. There, there's once a man who was, he was pretty good at stuff. Not great. Uh-huh. It's pretty good. He traveled to a few countries. He spoke uh, English and Spanish. Uh-huh. He had a decent amount of money. Okay. People liked him okay. Sure. Yeah. It was the discount of St. Germain. <laughs> All right. I like that. I got I got one for you. Okay. There was a guy who um, kind of rolled into town, about 17 or so, went to a high school, tried to talk to all the cool kids. Nobody liked him. Uh-huh. You know, they were just, they just weren't having it transfers to another high school he's like hey you know uh i can speak pig latin and they just were like get the fuck out of here went to another high school tried like card tricks uh and they just felt terrible his name was saint Gerlame. oh <laughs> nobody liked him Mm-mm. he he had a lot of uh ring pops jewelry though <laughs> yeah <laughs> tried to get the ladies it's creepy well, them's puns. Them's is the puns. And now it is time for you to rock us like a hurricane. Yes, with the immortal and never dying. Yes. The I'm going to kick it off. Go for it. With listener Kate, who came over from uh, Expanded Perspectives. Woo! And has a, a real life... Uh, not so superpower. She says, I have the ability to sense when I'm going to get a bloody nose approximately two hours beforehand, give or take an hour. It's completely useless and mostly ends with me sitting around nervously holding a box of tissues. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe we can come up with a, a cool superhero name for her. Yeah. The Bleedener. <laughs> oh, no. She's Nosebleed Domus. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's it. Nosebleed Damas. <laughs> you you gutted and, and skinned and wore that that top of my fucking head, a, y'all. As a as a coat. Oh my gosh, that was good. And uh, she says, absolutely love the show. You guys are my sun and stars right now, and totally not a creepy way. Oh well, then 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 you are the the call that straddles the earth. There's a little 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 Game of Thrones talk there. Yeah, that's it. Did you ever see that show? What is it? <laughs> Thank you, Kate. Thank you. I got one here from our friend Just Joe. I know you're gonna want to add a lot of names to it. Don't. Oh, Just Joe. Uh, Just Joe. Okay. Uh, he writes, "Hey guys, hello, hello." Uh, I was going through the back catalog and listening to some shows again and got to thinking about the Shanghai Tunnels episode. Oh, yeah. I'm from Portland, and growing up, I was always trying to find ways to sneak in to varying levels of success. On one occasion, I was able to get in through a service tunnel my friend found in the basement of a business he worked at. We didn't stay too long due to the fact that you could distinctly hear voices down there, though. Ugh. Yeah. Hobos? Question mark? Probably. Sounds reverberating. Chuds. Chuds. Sounds reverberating from somewhere up above, maybe. Uh, whatever it was, it was one of the creepier moments I've been witness to, and I highly suggest coming out to Portland to check them out in person. Agreed. I'll even be in your port. I'll even be your Portland tour guide with more microbreweries than Colorado and more strip clubs per capita than Las Vegas. What's keeping you from it? Excellent f-ing question, Joe. We're on our way to get drunk and end up as Shanghai tunnel victims. <laughs> That's right. How many of those strip clubs have uh, floor drops? In yeah. <laughs> wow. Awesome. Thanks, Just Joe. Thank you, Joe. They've heard from Red Sleeves. Whoa, what happened? Well, they used to be green. Stop playing piano. Um, <laughs> nice. Found us from Alka Hollywood, actually. Woo. Wants to know if we've ever heard of a band called Hired Goons. Uh, they're a Simpsons-themed Ramones tribute band based in Chicago. <laughs> wow, no, but I God, I now I feel like an idiot. Yeah, sounds fun. And he said, I was thinking of starting a podcast of my own. I'd gather up all my hairiest friends, and we could get drunk and see what we talk about. We'd call it Furry Blodos. <laughs> Thank you, Red Sleeves. Thanks, Red Sleeves. Uh, I got one here from Evil Pebble, and Evil Pebble writes, Hi, guys. Hi. Oh, hello there. Thanks for being the one thing I look forward to every week now. Oh. As you might know, there is nothing more to my life than blurry photos and loneliness. Me too. There you go. Uh, you complain I never sent you a birthday card, but I never got an invitation to your Christmas party. So yeah. <laughs> Check and mate. Yep. You got me. Dead to rights. Instead, I have a fun thing I like to do in my free time that I suggest you guys check out. Now, when I read that part, I was like, okay, I got to read this before we get this, <laughs> before we put this on. Um, <laughs> Uh, just choose a subject, almost any, put it into Google or Bing if you hate yourself, <laughs> suck that Johnny Robots, and add truth to the end of the search. Voila, you'll see every bush nozzle conspiracy or quote new study connected to anything from grains to backpacks. It can make for a good time and you'll learn that the glass, uh, that glass causes cancer and house paint is laced with depressants by the government to keep you controllable. Seriously, try it, but not before you put on lead line glasses to protect yourself from the computer screen radiation. Trust me, it's true. I read it on the internet. <laughs> That's awesome. Thanks, wow. Evil Pebble. Thanks, Evil Pebble. <laughs> Pebbles. From Cameron. Hi, David and Dave. Hi. Hi. Hello. Found us from Six Feet Under. Sweet. Racking up the uh, the disparate listeners. Yeah, that's why we desperate, but disparate. disparate. Got a couple puns for us. 
from the Voynich Manuscript episode, there's another possibly lesser-known manuscript that has been studied with the hope of finding some kind of meaning or significance. This manuscript details the trials and tribulations of a crew's journey home after their vessel was sent astray. It's known as the Voyager Manuscript. <laughs> from the Cthulhu Mythos, when spending millions of years locked in a temple underwater waiting for your cultists to raise you before going insane, sometimes the dust and dirt can pile up. That's why only the most discerning elder gods call upon the cleaning service Cthulhu sweeps. Our prices are mad, and we know you'll be really satisfied with the service. <laughs> Blood sacrifice guaranteed. Well played. Thank you, Cameron. Yeah, thanks, Cameron. Uh, all right, I got one here from, uh, uh, as opposed to just Joe, this is Pretty Witty Joe. Pretty Witty Joe. Pretty Witty Joe. Good to hear from you again. S- sounds like a Frankie Lyman song. I probably said that last time, too. <laughs> Uh, this is a very short message just to let you know that it did, I, I did almost Google naked bear while listening to the Plum, Plum Island episode. Woof. I had just typed the first word of it in when I realized why it might be a bad idea <laughs> or good IP idea, depending on your taste. Anyway, love the show as always. Thanks, Pretty Witty Joe. And thank, you know, that's, you always got to think before you Google. That's, that's my PSA for the day. Larry photos. Think before you Google. The more you know sound. <laughs> Well placed. Yeah. Uh, Dave heard from Racer XR4T. Whoa. Hey, guys. The guys on Expanded Perspective said listeners should listen to your podcast, so I did. Excellent. Good good job. I love everything <laughs> about that equation. You I'm, set it up. You knocked it down. I'm recovering from jumping off a bridge, which they also told me to do, so I have some extra time anyway. <laughs> I was listening to your MK Ultra episode, and I had to laugh. It's all true, by the way. I graduated from the course. You don't get a diploma, but they do give you an LS t-shirt. <laughs> nice beautifully done racer xr 40 Woo! got another one here from argyle funk <laughs> i love that name <laughs> yippee yo dave and david yippee i been meaning to write in for a while now but finally bit the bullet once i heard you two were engaged congratulations and good luck to both you chuckle f- thank you thank you and then he says that uh, our pal springhill jack makes an appearance in the most recent assassin's creed game sweet Unfortunately, instead of being the tit-grabbing, cop-smacking Irishman we all know and love, he's a group of guys who go around and attack poor people while wearing a demon mask. Lame. And then the mission just ends with you beating the shit out of a lot of them. You don't even get to see Jack jump or breathe flames. Not a tatoy 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 out of the whole lot of them. Why would they even put it in? Like, you know what I like about Red Dead Redemption? What? When they did the, the zombie uh, undead one DLC, they put in the Chupacabra, the Four Horses of the Apocalypse, Bigfoot, <laughs> like they they had them all in there and had storylines and they didn't cop out by yeah. having to be like, oh, it's just a guy in a suit. Old, old man McWithers. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what, like, come on, Assassin's Creed, you're better than that. <laughs> Respect um, yourself. He said, I'd like to give a shout out to Matthew D. I don't know you, but I also go to LSU. So what's up? I promise not to hunt you down if you also promise not to hunt me down. Gay ox tigers. You know, I'll say this. Uh, let's let's all Blurievers promise not to hunt each other. <laughs> I think it's a pretty good start. Fair enough, yeah. But we also can promise to hunt everyone else. Have you heard the story about the bottomless pit? It seems that whatever sound enters comes back out as an indecipherable gibberish with more consonants than you know what to do with. What? People are calling it the Welsh hole. <laughs> there's been rumors going around about the guy from that sherlock show oh yeah people are saying that he eats humans or something <gasps> i think his name's something like uh, bendigo cumberbatch oh nice i nice 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 i 
Uh, thank you, Argyle Funk. Thanks, Argyle Funk. Now we know that the the Argyle colors are purple and yellow. Mm-hmm. And we we know that the 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 Funk don't fake his dunk. Did we know that? Thanks, Shaq. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I tried to play a game and no, I couldn't. I, I, we connected it. All right, got one last one here from B Riz. B Riz. B Riz. B Riz. B Riz would be. Is this uh, Jesus? It says B Riz would be my rapper name if I was a rapper. Because it's Jesus. Because it's Jesus. Uh, I discover your podcast while listening to an interview you guys were doing on an episode of Expanded Perspective. Hello. Ching, 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 ching. <laughs> Thank you so much for sticking around. Uh, I've been listening for a couple of months now and I'm completely hooked. Uh, you had me at Jeff the Talking Mongoose. Too right, we did, love. Too right. Uh, anyways, I just found out about these ghosts called reverse ghosts. I don't know if you've heard about them at all, but I guess they are people who travel in time, but they appear as ghosts. Uh, I don't know, but I felt immediately had to tell you guys about it. Uh, I enjoy what you guys do and keep up the good work. Yeah, we've kind of talked about, re- I mean, I think I've said the phrase reverse ghost, but I was probably making a weird ass sex joke. <laughs> is that the uh, the Cleveland reverse ghost? <laughs> I feel like a reverse ghost is just a human being that wanders into like, uh, yeah, I guess it would be that where you're you're maybe unwittingly time traveling. You're like, we talked about it on time slips, where if you just wander into another time, and you're not entirely visible, then then you're the ghost. Yeah, yeah. People see you. You don't know that you're being seen, or or you don't know what's going on. Yeah, more likely. Yeah, that's awesome. Pretty cool. Hey, thanks, B Riz. Thanks, and Riz on. And, and you know what? Go ahead, spit some flaming game. Get some lyrics going. Send us your mixtape. I'll bet you that shit's on fire. Do it, B Riz. Sees you're in a rapper. Uh, thank, thanks, yeah, everybody. Thank all of you for writing in. Uh, thank you to the Chicago Podcast Cooperative, who uh, not only are a delightful home for wayward podcasters in this great big rough city that'll chew us up and spit us out. Boy, howdy. Uh, but they are a port in a digital storm for a lot of really great creative people that are working really hard to make wonderful podcasts. So please take some time. Check them out. Yep. You, support you, Cards Against Humanity, too. Yes. They, they make it happen. Yeah. I don't have to tell you to do that. It's like the world's most popular game on earth, and there's a good reason for it. So, yeah. do, so do that. Always appreciated are your iTunes five-star reviews. Yes, love those. Thank you. We've gotten a lot of great reviews in recently. Thank you so much for writing those. Keep them coming. But, yeah, we're, we're marching towards three Hildos on that. What? That's, that's very nice. I'm getting there. Audibletrial.com slash blurry photos will get you a free audiobook and a trial membership with Audible. Yeah. Uh, if you don't like it, you don't have to keep it. I think you might like it. Yeah, I know. I've I enjoyed it. Do yeah, it's it's actually been pretty great. After the after the trial's over, if you choose to keep Audible, yeah, and uh, pay for the subscription, you get a credit every month. So for any book they've got, yeah, any book can be yours to listen to. Yeah, so. I've loved it. Also, like us on the Facebook. Oh yeah, uh, that's that's a huge thing to us. It helps us keep in touch with you guys, uh, and and also. You know, who doesn't like the seated numbers go up? I know I do. That's a huge help to us. Um, Don't forget to visit our Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash blurry photos. If you want to support this podcast, help us do crazier and weirder stuff and get more stuff yourself. We are getting real close to having to write and record an entire country album for your edification. Yep. Uh, it, it, by the or- time this comes out, it may have even exactly. Come yeah, we're 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 already lining up actual musicians who know what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> um. You know. So that's a that's a thing we're working on. Um. But it's it's great. Uh. You get stuff. Uh. We get stuff. Everybody wins on that. 
Or if uh, a regular monthly thing's not your jam, don't be afraid to karate chop the donate button. Mm -hmm. We're on Twitter at blurry underscore photos. Don't forget uh, the ladies over at Candy Chat. Oh, absolutely. We just crossed uh, 100 likes over there. Yep. Yep. On Facebook. They're hoping to get that. Was it a coupon for ice cream that they think that they get? I think they they uh, they, are, they, they have think some, Facebook is going to send them a coupon. Yeah, they they have some some misapprehensions about how that works, but you know, God bless them. Sure, and the store, of absolutely. course, check out the store. Check T-shirts. Out. How about brand new koozies? We tried to get them for the live show. It was a giant meltdown. We actually literally destroyed a portion of somebody's business. <laughs> they offered koozies up until we ordered them, and it went so badly. That they said, nope, no we are more no cousins. longer going to offer these. <laughs> we we literally damaged a part of a company, but we found <laughs> another company with braver people and maybe better equipment. I don't know how it oh, worked yeah. out, but the moral of the it story worked. is we have, is summertime is here. And summertime you, is heating <laughs> up you need, blurry photos. You need to keep summertime hot and your beer cold. And as, your hand yeah, not cold. Your hand normal, yeah. beer cold, <laughs> sun's hot. The Blurry Photos koozie does all three. <laughs> That's right. It's responsible for keeping the sun hot. It, if you don't buy one, the sun will go out. <laughs> but no, they're really cool. We put a yeah. bat squatch on there. Yep. They're yep. awesome. Got, I, our, got our catchphrase. Our, mm-hmm. our got a little, 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 little <laughs> there for you. <laughs> so check those out. Um, shipping should be included in the price. Yeah, we got it all worked out. So... So don't be afraid to buy things to your heart's delight. Uh, blurryphotos.org yep. or organization. That's better. And I think that uh, that's all we're going to regale you with. Exactly. So thank you guys so much. For this episode of Blurry Photos, I have been the Dutch accent David Flora. <laughs> and I have been Dave Count Medium Rare Stecco. <laughs> well done. Yeah. <laughs> Steak pun. That's a rare medium, well done. That's why you always have to keep your sword sharp. Shut up, old man! Bye! Bye.